Welcome to the Beyond Your Money podcast with Mike Dukovich, financial advisor and retirement income certified professional with RBC Wealth Management. Join us as we share the tools and insight that can help you take control of your money and your life. Because we believe life's greatest returns are realized when you invest beyond your money. This is the Beyond Your Money podcast with Mike Dukovich of RBC Wealth Management. I'm Patrice Sikora. In this episode, Mike explains comprehensive wealth management, not just what it is, but how it works. Mike, tell me, how does the idea of comprehensive management differ from the role that financial advisors have played historically? Well, it's a great question, Patrice, and and I typically will address this role, I guess, with a client and a prospect many times throughout the relationship. But with comprehensive wealth management, my goal is to be a one-stop shop for all things financially related to a, to a person or to a family's financial well-being, where historically, the role of a financial advisor was a little bit different. Typically, financial advisors were called brokers, and that implied that it was a, a, a transactional relationship, that that person brokered transactions on behalf of the client. And so typically, a, a broker will help open accounts, they will bring in assets for the client, and then they'll invest it. And that's really... Typically, historically, that's the extent of the relationship. It's, it's to help bring your money in and grow it rather than comprehensive wealth management, which has more of a long-term type of focus. Their goal, my goal as a comprehensive wealth manager is to make sure that every aspect of your financial well-being is addressed, not only now, but for the future and on an ongoing basis. We'll look into things that typical brokers have never even really addressed in the past. Things like debt management, insurance, retirement income, things that brokers really never even cared to ask about. Brokers generally got paid or generally get paid based on a commission. What is the model? We get paid a little bit differently. It's a fee-based type of approach where we get paid a percentage of the assets that we manage. And the reason why that works is because you as the client, you obviously want your money to grow. And if me as the advisor, I'm getting paid a percentage of your money, I obviously want that number to grow as well. And so where where that's different from a typical brokerage agreement, you are not transactional, where theoretically you could open up a statement and see some trades and wonder, well, were those trades in my best interest or were those trades in the best interest of my broker? So that's that's the right way of going about it for long-term wealth management relationships. You have a great model here of assess, create, execute, review. How does this all begin to flow here? Assess. That seems to be the first step. What do you do with your clients? And this is the beginning stage of every relationship that walks into the door. And it's my role here is fact finding. My role is to figure out what the situation looks like, figure out where you've been, figure out what you're trying to accomplish and figure out where you're going. Part of that is assessing concerns, what keeps you up at night, what your goals are, and ultimately try to figure out where everything is and then figure out what we need to do to put things into place so that we can achieve those goals. And so usually this begins with an initial consultation, whether that's a phone call or a a face-to-face meeting. And in this meeting or during this conversation, I'll gather a lot of information on all six aspects of your financial world. And and that starts really with, with what I call the cash flow pillar. And that's how does cash flow look? What does your income look like? What is your debt situation? Are there any big expenses coming up? 
And it also ends up going into the world of your savings accounts and your emergency accounts. And that's, that's a key point in, in every plan. How much do you need in your savings account, in your emergency account? I call it your ATM money. You need to have a certain amount of dollars that you can access if the situation arises. And, and so I ultimately will get a question all the time. How much money should I get into my emergency account? And it's different for everybody. But historically, based off of the average situation out there, you want to have anywhere from three to six months worth of living expenses tucked away in your savings account. You never know when you're going to need it. And you don't want to have that money invested in a situation where you actually need it. Because God forbid the market could be down or that money could be less than you expected. So that money needs to stay in your savings account, in your emergency account. Beyond the cash flow pillar and the income pillar, then we'll get into the investments side of things. And, and that's where we figure out what accounts are out there? Do you have outside brokerage accounts? Do you have outside IRAs? What are your retirement accounts like at work? Do you have college planning or, or 529 plans out there? And we'll also dip into what I call the rogue investments that everyone seems to have. Those old savings bonds that grandma got you or, or that random stock that you're not even sure where it came from. And the idea here is to figure out and get a good broad picture and understanding of what's out there. If you have those individual stock holdings out there, do you prefer to see those consolidated? How do you assess that? Absolutely. If we can consolidate things, that's a huge, huge benefit, not only to just making things easier on your side, but also making it easier on our side. And, and what I have found is that when you have these random one-off rogue investments, that you don't really even remember where they came from. They usually don't play a purpose or a role in your overall plan. And so when we can, we'll bring those in. If we like the actual position, we can keep it typically. But if we don't like the position, we don't know where it came from, we don't know what purpose it's going to carry, why would we keep it? And so mm -hmm. um, we can either bring it in, get rid of it, or keep it, however, you, you know, whatever makes sense for the overall plan. All right, moving on to retirement. This is a big pillar, right? This is one that I have actually taken efforts to specialize in with my retirement income certified professional. This is, this is one of those areas where comprehensive wealth managers really separate themselves from their typical brokers. Again, a broker, their specialty is to bring money in and grow it. That's what I call the accumulation phase. However, this retirement pillar addresses the second phase of, of a person's financial life cycle, we'll call it, where you start to transition from accumulation to the spend down phase. And that's when you really start to need some specialized strategies. That's when different risks start to pop up. And the retirement income certified professional training that I've gone through helped me learn how to mitigate those unique risks that are associated with retirement drawdown. Retirement and retirement income planning, that's a huge pillar that we definitely want to assess. And even if you're younger, even in that 35 to 55 range where retirement seems to be off in the distance a little bit, that's when you start to put these retirement income building blocks into place, that foundation needs to be set into place so that ultimately down the line, we, we're in a much better spot when we, when we enter that spend down phase. And that's a very important point that retirement planning should begin before you get to retirement. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people think that when you're starting that first job and that 401k is offered to you, that it's not something you need even need to consider. However, historically, and studies have shown this, even if you can put that nominal amount in there, that $50, that $100, that $200, whatever it can be, whatever you can afford, if you can put that away early, it starts to snowball. And really the money and the wealth that you will accumulate over time 
is dramatically impacted by how early you can start saving. So it doesn't really matter how much, it matters how early. So it's very important. Now, I see you've got insurance listed here as one of the six aspects of someone's financial world. Insurance comes and goes, doesn't it? What kind of investment does this offer? Absolutely. So so insurance is the first of what I call the three side pillars, okay? These are things that typically, again, brokers don't ever ask about. Insurance, estate planning, and tax-aware investing. These things are all kind of always grouped together but very, very important to the overall success of a comprehensive financial wealth management plan. Insurance, my job is to figure out what the insurable interests are of the client. And those change over time, believe it or not. When you're younger, when you're starting your career, perhaps starting a young family, your insurable interest is, well, what happens if I pass away now? What happens if I pass away early? How am I going to protect my family, my loved ones? How am I going to pay for debts that are out there? Early in the plan, your insurable interests might include death benefit life insurance, whether it's term insurance or whole life or universal life. There's a lot of different ways of, of taking care of that situation, Mm -hmm. but ultimately that's what we need to address. Now down the line, as you progress through your career and through your life, that insurable interest changes. Debt theoretically has been paid off. Your, your children theoretically are older. You don't need to really worry about what happens if I pass away too early because they're on their own. And so your insurable interest now changes from, well, what happens if I die too early to what happens if I live too long? That sounds so bad, Mike. (laughs) What if I live too long? Oh, my. That's right. Yeah, no one ever thinks that that's a problem. Um, But if you think about it logically, if you live too long, potentially you could be outliving your your wealth that you've accumulated. And that's not good either, right? That could be even scarier for a lot of people. When we're talking about that person's insurable interest, we're now talking about things like long-term care and disability insurance, which is very, very important. It's a hot topic right now just because of all the baby boomers that are retiring, as you might imagine. Disability insurance also plays a role for a lot of professionals. You know, what happens if I get hurt or get sick and can't bring in the income that I've been accustomed to. So that's obviously something that we address. And so this insurance pillar is very important because what we're doing here is we're insuring against an unfortunate incident. By doing that, by checking that box, so to speak, you can protect some of your assets, which is very important in in the comprehensive wealth management plan. Now, this sounds to me like a future show topic. Absolutely. We're going to address insurance quite a bit not only with, with individual shows, but we'll also bring in some, some specific experts that can talk about this as well. Next, number five on this six aspects of the financial world, estate. How does that differ from everything that you've just talked about? Well, estate's a little bit different. Insurance is protecting against that unfortunate incident, but the estate plan is what happens when your demise occurs. Obviously, we're all going to go at some point. And with the estate planning aspect of financial or or wealth management, what we're trying to do is make sure that your stuff, for lack of a better better term, your stuff goes to who you want it to go to, how you want it to go to them in in an appropriate and efficient manner. Really, this is going to sound pretty basic, but the first thing and the first pillar of estate planning is your beneficiary designations. We always want to make sure that your beneficiary designations are correct, up to date. And Mm -hmm. so we'll, we'll do an annual beneficiary check so that we know that your retirement plan at work or your insurance plan, they have the right beneficiaries on there. More often than not, they do. But in that one off situation where there was another baby that was born, or unfortunately, there might have been a death or a divorce or a marriage, we want to make sure that those things are addressed and that they're always 
appropriate. Beyond that, we'll also then talk about what your goals are for your money. Who do you want to get your stuff and how do you want it to get to them? That's where the appropriate estate documents will come into play. Wills, powers of attorney, living wills, potentially trusts. These documents are written by lawyers and executed by lawyers. But ultimately, what we want to figure out, what we need to give the lawyer is the information that they don't have. Who do you want to be involved in collecting things and how do you want them to get it? If you have young children, typically you don't want a young child or a minor to collect a large lump sum inheritance. And so if you have young children, typically there's trust language involved, which will basically say, I want little Johnny to get this money, but I don't want him to get it until he's 18 or 21 or 25. And so you can basically put rules and restrictions and handcuffs on the inheritance with the right documents in place. This estate planning pillar becomes very, very important, not only from just the dollars and cents of it, but also for peace of mind. And then you've got number six, tax-aware investing. What does that mean? When we can and when it's appropriate, we will help mitigate taxes where possible. That could be things like municipal bonds or or various investment strategies that have a a less of a tax burden on on an overall portfolio. We can also work with your accountant. So that's very important. Obviously, everyone has to file their taxes year after year. If you have an accountant that you bring to the relationship, great. We can create kind of a two-way open line of communication. We can communicate with your accountant when appropriate. If you don't have an accountant or don't know who to go to, we can certainly refer you to those experts. But bottom line is we want to make sure we have a clear understanding of what your tax situation looks like and how we can help mitigate taxes where possible. Because let's be honest, no one likes paying taxes. And so if we can lower those over time, everyone's happy. That's a lot for just the first step, and that is the assessment of the situation. Now you've got to develop a plan. You're right. That is a lot of information. And that typical first consultation could take anywhere from one and a half to two and a half hours because it's a lot of stuff. We, we really want to get a clear understanding of what your situation looks like before we then develop the plan. And, and so at the end of this first meeting, and, or perhaps sometimes at a second meeting, I have a very good understanding as far as where I can help, where I can provide value. After we analyze the situation, I can then look at your individual positions. Perhaps if you bring in outside assets, I can look and provide a specific analysis of the investments that you have. And if you want, I can actually even review your asset allocation or your current situation to see if it's appropriate. At this point, if I know your situation, I'm looking at your investments and everything looks good, I will tell you that. Occasionally, there are clients that come in and and they don't even need me, right? I'll tell them, hey, everything looks good. You're on the right track. There's really nothing that I would change here. Call me in a couple of years if you have any questions. But more often than not, I will see a situation where I can jump in right away and provide instant value. And I will tell you that as well. From there, we turn that fact-finding mission into a proposal. I'll just flat out on paper tell you, here's what I would do. Here's what I would change. And ultimately, here's what I think will happen as a result of of, of those changes. You mentioned something here, unique situations that you've seen before that become common problems. Explain that. This is something that sometimes surprises people. Everyone comes in with their own unique set of problems and concerns and and goals and aspirations. And they think that, well, there's no way that anyone else has these same problems. And, And I'm here to tell you that that's not the case. More often than not, I work with people, dozens of people that share those same concerns, those same problems, those same goals that you have. And that's really important from a comfort standpoint. 
you can rest assured that I have seen it before and that my team has dealt with this problem before and that you're not alone. This is something that we can address together and that we have experience with, so to speak. This is not the first time we've seen this. Then with this proposal, what do you do? You've got this and you lay it out and the client says, all right, I like it, do it. What does that mean? This is what I call execute. And this might seem to a client, this might seem like the, the more technical side of things, but for me, this is the easy stuff. This is where we establish the client roadmap where you will know step-by-step step from a time frame, from a calendar perspective, what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, and when we're going to do it. Really, unfortunately, all of our business is now paperwork. We'll figure out the right paperwork. We'll open the appropriate accounts. We'll do the right transfer paperwork to bring in outside accounts and, and bring them into the relationship. We'll take over the assets. If we want to uh, review what you currently have, we can do that. Mm -hmm. And if it makes sense, then we, we reallocate. We can sell and, and buy the more appropriate investments for the situation and for the, for the plan that we're putting into place. We can also then at this point review your external accounts that we can't bring in right away. That could be things like your 401k at work. What I like to do with those is ask for the menu. I call it the menu of investments that you get to pick from at work. When I look at those investment options, I will compare them to what we're doing on our side of the investment plan and make sure that what we're doing jives with one another, make sure that everything complements one another. And that's really important. What you have outside of the relationship needs to complement what we're doing inside of the relationship, so to speak. Part of this execution phase also revolves around those other three pillars, so those insurance, estate, and tax pillars. And if it's a situation where we need to get estate documents into place or find you a tax preparer or an accountant or a, a CPA, this is when we refer you to those specialists, those outside experts that are going to help you put those documents into place or get that tax preparation under, under control. And that's when we'll refer you to, to those people as well. And we're actually going to have a slew of those people on in future podcasts as well. You've got your plan here and it's going well. Why is a review needed? This is very important and it kind of ends the cycle and begins the next phase of a plan. So historically, these meetings have been called reviews. I actually call them something a little bit different. I call them STIM meetings, S-T-I-M. And that stands for strategy and tactical implementation meetings. I like using that approach and that terminology because it implies that we're looking outward. Sure, we're going to go over things that we're going to look backwards and see how things performed and see how things did and, and basically check our score, so to speak. But if you think about it realistically, we can't change any of that. That's history. So we want to know what we've done, of course. But more importantly, we want to know what can we do or what should we be doing to address the future. So these STEM meetings are very, very important. We'll get together at least once a year face-to-face. -face. Uh, I do a lot of these in the office or, or we'll do them via WebEx or conference calls. But bottom line is I want to make sure that what I'm doing on my side of the table jives with what's going on on your side of the table. I want to know how income looks. I want to know if there's any changes to your family situation, life, life changes. So there could be births, there could be divorces or deaths, job changes, income changes, you name it. I need to know what's going on on your side of the table, just like you want to know what's going on with your, with your money, with your investments, with the economy. These STEM meetings are very, very important to the ongoing maintenance and monitoring of your plan. During this review meeting or the STEM meeting, that's when we'll assess any new information that comes out. We'll adjust the strategy if it, if it makes sense. And then we'll, we'll execute. We'll put things into motion that will address those new concerns 
and it just starts the cycle over again. This sounds to me like you want to make your client understand that they will do better with you than they would do on their own. Is that one of your goals here? Absolutely. That's really the, the number one goal that I have. If you're going to hire me, I want to make sure that net of all fees, you end up in a better spot than you would have been had you not hired me. That's really the basic fundamental reason mm -hmm. why, why you would hire someone. I want to make sure that I take all of the stress of handling these financial things off of your shoulders. Okay. A lot of people find this very intimidating, confusing, too technical for them to feel comfortable dealing with on their own. You hit on this earlier, Patrice. Consolidation is very helpful mm -hmm. in an overall plan. If we can bring things in under one roof, so to speak, and have one person managing and monitoring and maintaining that, well, that's, that's a huge weight off your shoulders right there. So consolidation really helps. And then certainly the professional management. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a lot of tools at my disposal that you wouldn't have otherwise. So when I can look at certain investments or provide different advice based off of the market conditions, that's really important. Whereas you might not have that access outside on your own. So that professional management is something that is very unique. And then, hey, you're talking about being just the person to call too, if I've got a question. I always tell a client, call me. This is a two-way relationship. This is a two-way communication, a revolving door, so to speak. So if you ever have a question that revolves around anything with your financial well-being, I ask that you call me. And that could be things like, my retirement plan at work is changing. Should I have more insurance? Should I buy or lease a car? Should I address uh, this new issue with my estate plan? Whatever it happens to be, I, I always say that it doesn't necessarily have to be with your investments. It can be with anything beyond your money as well. My goal is to make sure that all of that stuff gets addressed so that we can create and that we can promote a long-term successful relationship. That's my goal. I want to have clients forever. Mike, that is a great informative wrap-up of comprehensive wealth management. If someone wants to reach you, how can they contact you? They can simply call the desk, and that is 724-933-4446. You can also email me at michael.dukovich at rbc.com, and that's D-U-K-O-V-I-C-H. Or you could go to my website, michaeldukovich.com. We talked about a couple of other possible shows coming up in the future. You want to give us a preview? I believe the next podcast, we're going to dive into my investment process. It's not just about picking XYZ or ABC. There's a whole slew of things that go into that decision-making process. And so that's going to be enough information for an entire show. And we'll probably dive into that. Beyond there, we'll address some of the major questions that we always get. How do advisors get paid? What should we be thinking about during volatile markets? Uh, and then we'll also get into bringing some guests on, those attorneys and those accountants and those perhaps some nutritionists or travel agents or life coaches that, again, can help you with all things, whether it's investment-related, estate-related, tax-related. We'll really go beyond your money with those guests as well. And if you would like to subscribe to Mike Dukovich's Beyond Your Money podcast, just tap the subscribe button on this page. And to share, use the share button. Again, Mike Dukovich of RBC Wealth Management. I'm Patrice Sikora. And let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Your Money podcast with financial advisor Mike Dukovich. Make sure you click the subscribe button now so you will be notified when new podcasts are released. If you want to know more about working with Mike, please call 724-933-4446 or visit michaeldukovich.com. It's your money. It's your life. Take control. 
The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of RBC Wealth Management. All opinions and estimates constitute the speaker's judgment as of the date of this recording and are subject to change without notice and are provided in good faith but without legal responsibility. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial services provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. RBC Wealth Management does not provide tax or legal advice. All decisions regarding the tax or legal implications of your investment should be made in connection with your independent tax or legal advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. It is not possible to invest directly in an index. Investment and insurance products offered through RBC Wealth Management are not insured by the FDIC or any other federal government agency, are not deposits or other obligations of or guaranteed by a bank or any bank affiliate, and are subject to investment risks, including the possible loss of the principal amount invested. RBC Wealth Management is a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. We generally monitor your advisory account for you as part of our advisory services in accordance with the terms of your advisory agreement with us. Our financial planning services are limited to preparation of a financial plan based on the information that you provide and do not include ongoing monitoring. We do not provide ongoing monitoring of your brokerage account investments for you.